Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey everyone and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Edit, a lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're chatting all things Challenge Cup. We're chatting all things news and notes, and that includes a little bit of expansion update for NWSL. And uh, I'm happy to do all of that here with everyone joining us live. Drop us the notes in the chat. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also a podcast. So follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. Lisa, we're back at it. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great today. Um, happy Wednesday, everyone. We're going live Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us in the chat. Uh, lots to talk about um, today, of course, in, in the women's soccer world. But I always like to keep you guys updated on my Philly sports. We got Sixers mm-hmm. last night beating the Celtics, a statement win in the playoffs in Boston. (laughs) Let's go. They return to Philly Thursday. Uh, Game six will be Thursday, so they won game five. The series is now up 3-2 to the Sixers. I know, just keeping you all abreast of, of the Philadelphia sports over here. (laughs) <laughs> gotta root if you gotta root if you don't have a home team to root for you gotta root for your friends so you know make sure you all support uh lisa and the great city of philadelphia in their playoff endeavor <laughs> yeah i mean the union's also struggling right like we got oh, the boy. open cup happening it's uh, people in the chat are like what about the union yeah guys you know we're we're you only talk about the winners here <laughs> that's not that's not true we talk about winners and we talk about losers but in terms of philly sports in terms of philly sports i just get a little too sad yeah the union in in the open cup yesterday drawing uh three three with minnesota um we love high scoring it. high scoring affair there but it's like what are they trying to who are they trying to be nwsl up with that yeah exactly all the draws three three exactly trying to throw out those three three draws you're like we could we could try to do that too raise their game up a little bit Mm -hmm. no we love it all here uh we talk about all the soccer all the time um we're amped up for uh uefa champions league that kicked off this week as well um we made a little prediction we had fun with that in the last episode we were like oh why not let's just have like a champions league prediction and you went man city i went Mm -hmm. real madrid and of course that meant it was a a one one uh draw an aggregate that they're taking into the second leg so that's that's pretty funny so we'll see what happens there but uh we've got some challenge cup to talk about that is ongoing the rounds and browns keep rolling out for the central east and west region in challenge cup and though we've had a couple of rounds of the group stage play uh already dating back to, to april 19th i believe when all of this kicked off uh this week is just a uh, one one headliner mm-hmm. on on the docket this week we've got washington Spirit who will host Orlando Pride in an East region matchup. So this is exciting for a multitude of reasons because if people are looking for some midweek soccer, this is the game. This yeah. is the game. The only game for Challenge Cup. 
Yeah, this is a good game between these two. Honestly, the only game that we get um, kicks off tonight, 730 Eastern between these two sides. And this is like the Eastern region, as you talked about, Washington Spirit hosting. So no travel, despite um, pretty quick turns or turnarounds for these teams, right, to go from uh, Sunday or Saturday when they played yeah. and then right into Wednesday. But in terms of Challenge Cup and how the play has shaken out right now, Orlando got their first draw in Challenge Cup in the opening week when they played and Washington lost in that opening week of games uh, that was against Gotham. So now as they, they line up against Orlando, a team in Orlando Pride that has turned things around, right? Come out on the other side of things. They've, they've put together some different pieces in the the regular season and picked up wins and picked up points. But now when we head into this midweek action, sometimes we see on the availability report, excused absences or players not available. And these availability reports are very light. Not a lot of players, just the, the, the injuries that we have actually already seen um, throughout the week, right? Like Julie Doyle, Carrie Lawrence for Orlando and a Helferty, Tori Houston, Bailey Feist. So the, the typical, um, players that have been out for both of these clubs, which I'm not going to say concerns me a little bit, but in terms of player rotation and what we're going to see, I just don't think you play. Yeah. If you're if you're Mark Parsons and you're looking at this game, um, you're looking to stay at the top in the regular season. So maybe that means players like Trinity Rodman, Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez, um, Andy Sullivan in the midfield get a little bit of a break during this midweek. That way they're yeah. fresh and ready to go on the weekend. You, you're agreeing with me? I do agree with you. I, I would look just because I agree with you. I don't know if we're going to see that actually happen. I know. But, you know, it's something to pay attention to because when we're, we're talking about like the momentum that both of these teams are probably carrying into a game like this coming off of regular season wins just over the weekend. Um, but now they're going head to head in Challenge Cup in the the standings and, and, and results in that look a little bit different, right? When we're looking at it region by region, um, Gotham on top of, of the East region standings right now, North Carolina followed by Orlando Pride and Washington Spirit are actually still looking for their first bit of Challenge Cup points. They, they've yeah, got yeah. zero right now. And um, Orlando and uh, fighting to you know, try to keep a win, but end up dropping um, and settling for a draw in that opening match against North Carolina. But even them, right, with a, with a point in the group standing so far. But we know with Washington Spirit, their availability report ahead of their first Challenge Cup included the absence of Trinity Rodman, which was an excused absence. And then we did see um, Andy Sullivan, you know, get time in in, uh, in that first game against uh, for, for Challenge Cup with Washington Spirit. And so I, I am curious if this is a game where we're still going to see Mark Parsons maybe start a couple of his typical starters, even though we've seen some coaches utilize challenge cup as, as opportunities to, to get in player rotation and stuff like that. So, I mean, I would like for, I would love to see a, a challenge cup, like Chloe Ricketts type of game. Yes. But I don't know. I don't know if we'll see it in this one. If you're going up against an Orlando pride side, that's got a point uh, over you in, in challenge cup standing and uh, you know, with the quick turnaround. So uh, I would like to see it, but I don't know. I don't know if, if, uh, if we will. So I like that you say like a, a bit of Chloe Ricketts. And honestly, I think we could see a Ricketts maybe get a start. I would love Chloe Ricketts to get a start. That's the young 15 year old that's yeah. gotten minutes 
minutes in games in regular season with Washington Spirit. She subbed on in, in the second half and played pretty well. Like, so that's the thing. At, when you're looking at maybe these like second line of players or the second waves of substitutes that would maybe start in this Challenge Cup game, I think it would be a really good experience for Chloe Ricketts. And I don't think it would be a giant drop-off in talent, right, or skill by any means. Like, she's incredibly talented. Now, it may be a bit of a drop-off in, like, continuity um, in in what Washington's looking to do in their game plan. But frankly, like, I I think that we should see that. I want to see that. I want to see a Chloe Ricketts start tonight in this game for Washington. I think we like look the the teenagers are doing their thing in the league. They're absolutely mm-hmm. uh, making an impact and, and letting their presence be felt. Um, when it comes to players on the even younger side of that spectrum, with yeah. Ricketts or or Barcenas, these are the fifteen year olds, right, within the league this year. But um, we haven't. We've typically seen these players kind of come off the bench in in, in some of these regular season games. And just sort of be tasked with kind of like, okay, get out there and get at it kind of energy. Yeah. And they do. And they have. And it's been it's been delightful to watch. So I am curious, um, you know, A, if uh, this this player gets time. Um, but B, what does it look like? Is it going to be a start? And are we going to get to see, you know, Ricketts try to, to navigate a 45 minutes from the opening whistle uh, through halftime? Or is it going to be like a, maybe a halftime? So we get to see, uh, you know, again, an off the bench kind of scenario and then close out uh, a game. I, I'm I'm good if we see either or. Um, I don't know. I don't know if these these are the players uh, that the coaches want to see 90 minutes from quite yet. Um, but I would like to see maybe a, if we're like compromising, maybe a full 45, right? Yeah. <laughs> like for, for, for either for either of uh, of those players. But um, I think this is a good a good game to maybe utilize that. Maybe we could, right. um, especially with um, like you mentioned the availability reports, and they're not necessarily ones that are perhaps as lengthy as they were for either side um, in the previous Challenge Cup round. Uh, for Orlando Pride, we're talking about new faces with, with the spirit that we'd like to get to see time. We know for the Pride that they are taking these steps right in this, in this current era. And that includes uh, a lot of, of new faces and new names when it comes to players that you might lock, like see, get a start for the pride is, are you leaning to, on, on one player that you want to see get extended minutes in this one? Um, yeah, I think that with Orlando and like kind of the points they've picked up and, and the run that they've been on most recently, um, I honestly, I don't think we're going to see too much shakeup from what's happening here. I I've been really impressed with Viviana Villacorta in the midfield for Seb Hines and, and what she's been able to do. I, I want to see a bit more growth from that player. Um, and maybe that comes in this midweek during the challenge cup game for a, a Villacorta, but she's been getting a lot of really consistent minutes. Like she's been playing 90 in the midfield. So that's not, I know you asked, like, is there anyone else I would want to see? Um, maybe an Allie Watt, right? Like we've seen Watt come in off the bench in the front line for Seb Hines and Orlando Pride. I, I think I'd like to see her get maybe a start or a little bit more consistent minutes. She would see what she can do up top because we know Messiah Bright has really found her groove there. But frankly, I just don't think we're going to see too much shakeup from Orlando at this point. I think they want to continue to pick up wins and, and ride this train of momentum and in speaking with Seb Hines last year um, and, and at the end of last year when he took over and, and maybe his mindset has changed a little bit for this year, but 
he wanted his team to be really fit. He wanted them to be able to play multiple games in a week and, and be able to run for 90 minutes and, and play tough for 90 minutes. He started doing two days with them when he came in last year. So I just don't think his mindset is like, hey, let's take a break during this midweek. I think it's kind of like, go, go, go. Let's pick up points. Let's. This is a good this is good running and training for his team and his players. So um, I think we'll see pretty consistent lineup from, from Seb Hines and Orlando Pride. Okay. Do you do you think like this is uh, is there if there's room in a game like this to continue to see like more rotation of the goalkeeper position because that's definitely an area where we've 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 seen between kind of Morehouse yeah. and Nelson at this point Nelson got a shot in that first Challenge Cup game yep. um in or in, in uh, with Orlando Pride in against North Carolina Courage and had a really good showing like is is this gonna go is is Heinz gonna go back to Nelson for for Challenge Cup. Yeah, I could see that happening, honestly, because I think Adam Morehouse has done really well. Um, I, I do in those regular season games, but it's always good to keep developing your your goalkeepers. So, yeah, maybe we get to see Carly Nelson in goal between between the sticks for Orlando. I would like that. I would appreciate seeing that one. Okay, so we're chatting a little bit about uh, players we'd like to see get to have with the star rotation that we'd like to see in different positions on the pitch. Let's let's make a little prediction. Let's have some fun. That's why the that's why the people are here. They want to yes. they want to see which way we're, we're 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 tipping or leaning towards. When you're looking at these two teams going head to head, we mentioned coming off of wins in the regular season, they're both carrying some momentum in their uh, Washington spirit. They're gonna play the host in this one. Is that tipping your hat? Uh, you know, one one way or the other. Uh, who who do you add in this one and why? Uh, this is a good one. I know this is why we're here. This is what we do. But for me, um, I'm going to give it to Orlando Pride. I want I them that. to get another win in this one. They're coming off back-to-back regular season wins. They, they picked up a draw in the first Challenge Cup game. Um, and Washington, I think they're going to focus a little bit more on the regular season at this point. So okay. we're going to see a bit more rotation. Um, I want to see Chloe Ricketts get the start for Washington. But I think Orlando is going to come out their strongest lineup that they, they can. Uh, maybe a bit of rotation in the goalkeeper position. But I'm going to go with Orlando. Not a draw a win for Orlando pride, three points in the challenge cup. I love it. Uh, I like the energy. Um, look, they're going to, they're on a, on a win streak, two, two wins in a row. That's a, that's a streak. That is. Orlando pride. Um, and I thought, uh, listen, I thought challenge cup was, was perhaps the catalyst, you know, and kind of maybe turning things, you know, that turning that corner for Orlando pride uh, to finally try to streak together some results uh, this year. Um, so I like it. But I think with the quick turnaround and the availability reports and the possibility of what we might see for Washington Spirit, even if it's like split 45-minute halves with personnel involved right. in Ashley Sanchez or Trinity Rodman, et cetera, uh, I just think there's more there. And I'm going to go with the Spirit in this one. So I don't know I don't know if it'll be one of these wild high score lines that we have uh, apparently been seeing yeah. uh, on the regular week to week here in the regular season. But I don't. I think it'll be maybe narrow but I think I'm going to give the win to to the spirit in this one. I like that. I like that you're going that. We're split. I'm pride. Your spirit. We'll see what happens in the midweek. All right. Stay tuned. That's going to, if you want to watch the Challenge Cup game, you know where you can watch. You can watch it on Paramount+. Plus. So make sure you tune in and, uh, you know, see if your own predictions were correct. But we've got some more things to chat about. So make sure you stick with us after a quick break. 
All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around with us. Let's chat about some news and notes. Let's start around the world, actually. We've got a little bit of uh, rumors for player movement. Uh, We're looking at reporting from Amanda Zaza with multiple sources saying that Magdalena Eriksson and Pernell Harder have signed a deal with Bayern Munich and are expected to join when their Chelsea contracts expire. So a little bit of... uh, a little bit of early rumblings about uh, the band maybe breaking up a little bit. Chelsea, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, tough. I think if you're a Chelsea fan looking at news like that, tough considering um, we actually just talked about this news not too long ago. It was an injury update to, to Fran Kirby. Um, she made the announcement that not only is she going to miss out on the remainder of, of Chelsea season with a significant injury, but also the, the, the World Cup. And now maybe you're, uh, you know, a fan of Chelsea and you're saying, hold, hold on a second here to two more players. Um, yeah, especially if we're coming off of the Champions League uh, performances that we saw uh, from Ericsson, uh for this for this Blues team. Um, I think maybe maybe a little bit of a tough, tough pill to swallow, but nothing. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything official drop yet in terms of an announcement from from Bayern or, or anything like that. But it would definitely be a return uh, to the front Bundesliga for for Harder, who previously played with uh, with Wolfsburg. So maybe yeah. some maybe also some like interesting like club dynamics there right. for a rivalry team. The news is like rumors right at this point. And that's I like I like talking about them. There's also with these two players um a little bit of rumor about like Real Madrid and maybe even Angel yeah. City having a little yeah. bit of interest in these players. Uh you imagine- players I think every every, yeah. every <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if they came to the NWSL played with Angel City. I personally I don't think that's going to happen, but could you imagine? Of okay, course I could imagine. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> like of course I could imagine. That. that would be awesome. Um yeah, no, I think I think obviously obviously stay tuned, right? To see to see if not just one but uh, both sort of make their pivot out of there but um we wanted to definitely touch on it just uh you know just in case some other breaking news came uh you know right after that uh but we'll definitely uh take a look and then we're and of course we're trying to keep our eyes and ears close on any potential um announcements that might even come along in the abusal side i know we talked about how the transfer window uh had closed already uh, i think it was now two thursdays ago at this at this point and just because it closed doesn't mean that the announcements will stop you know, uh, coming, but, uh, this one was on, on the timeline. So we definitely wanted to chat a little bit about it, uh, on the news and notes portion of this episode. We also want to talk about NWSL, of course, even though it's not the player movement that, uh, folks are looking for or looking at, but we want to chat a little bit about, uh, Jessica Berman chatting with the Washington post. And we talked about expansion. It feels like forever, uh, on attacking third, and we got to talk about the introduction, uh, the, the reintroduction of Utah Royals. Uh, we got to celebrate the announcement of the Bay Area finally um, getting awarded an expansion side. But even in between all that, Lisa, even before those official uh, releases and statements came down the pipeline, I just feel like there were multiple episodes that we can go back on and talk about all and pluck out kind of all of the expansion news chatter that we have um, been going over over the better part of the last year or so, really. Yeah, 
there has been so much expansion news and, and chatter because uh, as, as people who are joining us weekly, tri-weekly here, know that it, it started as just a, a very small league in, in 2013, and it's, it has now grown most recently uh, to 12 teams at the start of the 2022 season with Angel City and San Diego joining the NWSL. Um, and it was uh, recently announced that the Utah Royals would return back to the league Um as team number 13 in 2024. And then uh, another recent announcement that the 14th team in the NWSL also joining in 2024 would be the Bay Area around San Francisco in California. So that's 14 teams by January, right? Doing the draft of of 2024, the college draft, and then starting um, preseason just a a little under a year from now. That's to come. And now Jessica Berman, commissioner for the NWSL, coming out and saying uh, officially that there is a number 16 as their goal uh, to get to 16 NWSL clubs by 2026. And um, that's the first time that she's really like officially said, yeah. like, this is our goal and this is what's going to happen. There's been a lot of alluding to 16 being that that perfect number that they're trying to get to. Um, and the other side of it is there has been tremendous interest from USLW leagues to cities to ownership groups saying we want a part of this we want to be we want a piece of the NWSL we want to be part of the incredible growth of women's soccer in the United States and then the league had to look at these hundreds of applicants narrow it down to say which ones have the financial support to actually make this happen which ones have the the geographical support to to make this happen? Are they going to get fans in their stands? Do they have um, an area, training facility, locker rooms, practice fields, uh, stadiums for these teams to play in? Uh, it, is there like a, a suitable plan, like a pitch deck for these clubs to come about? And a lot of them were, were not as maybe serious as the league would have hoped so that it narrows it down. But still, I think she said there was ultimately 10 the final round to come down to and they were able to choose four of the 10 to come out with teams at this point saying that we want 16. So to grow the league from 12 to 16 in just a matter of four years is fantastic. That means Sandra, that means off season expansion drafts doubles, right? For both year, because we're going to get two in 2024. We'll get two more in 2026. Um, means new opportunities for Challenge Cup growth, if that's a possibility, for NWSL championship locations to change up and get a little bit more there. Uh, Perhaps more opportunities for live attacking third shows around the country. We'll see. But I I like this. I like that there's officially a number and a timeline on it. Love to be on tour. Yeah, look, I I think expansion has... Uh, been been a been a phrase that's uh, been part of Berman's very short tenure so far. Um, look, when when she was named as, as NWSL commissioner, and they said that she would be hired on a four year contract with with the league in the role, I feel like that is a word and um, an idea for the league that just hasn't left since she got here. Um, and I think if we're looking at 2026 and under her first four years, you know, with, with, with this league the possibility of adding four teams by the time her contract is over, I think that's going to be a huge success uh, for her under her tenure. But I mean, that's massive. It's that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. Um, uh, con- that's a resume builder right there. <laughs> yeah, con- considering where the league was and where it started, because it's not just the fact that it's like these 
here are some more teams for the league, right? It's, it's the valuation of some of these bids that, you know, we've, we've heard about uh, moving forward. I mean, specifically with the, with the Bay area, obviously different, uh, it differs a bit from the reintroduction from Utah Royals because there were a lot of contingencies in, in place um, to get them back in, into the league. But if you are a new expansion uh, city or expansion bid, the valuation there is, is much different moving forward. Um, and they're trying to weigh all that as well. I mean, and, and we've heard that. We've heard that even in this most recent um, announcement with the Bay Area becoming official, I mean, there was a you know statement or phrasing within, within that release saying like, you know, of course the league intends to, you know, keep an eye on the future and then potential markets. So it's it's been cool to to sort of, talk about this in a way where it's not so much just like speculation or prediction, but in a place where it just sort of feels like this is just, this is the way, and this is going to happen. It's just a matter of when essentially. So, you know, I mean, we even heard, you know, Boston already as one of these front runners for an extra expansion side, which is, I think similar to what we were looking at in the window for 2024. I think for a long time, it was Utah that were the front runners and then who was going to be the other team. And within all of that, chatter we heard a lot about boston and a potential return to that market so now it's kind of like well does 2025 or 2026 at this point mean boston's going to be one of those teams and then another um i think it also it gives a little bit of a deadline as well i think when you've got the commissioner on record i mean if if boston is in fact one of these teams that are eager and had a good bid apparently to to catch the eye of nwsl um for another uh NWSL team in that market, it buys them a little bit of time, but it also gives them a bit of a deadline to, to make sure they've got all their ducks in a row yeah. as well. So two years can sometimes sound like forever, a really long time away. But, but when we're talking about such grand plans and growth and investment, um, it's really quick. <laughs> it's really quick. Yeah. yeah. And even like the fact, like looking back a little bit of history, but the Bay Area, when was that announced? Right. It's it's May 10th right now. That was announced a yeah, month and a half like ago. A month ago. <laughs> a month ago. Yeah. And they need to have a team, a logo, colors, jerseys, practice, training facility, all Sad by January. <laughs> All by January. Oh, staff, personnel, water bottles, training staff, medical staff, PT. They need a, they need a coach. By January. All right. Right by the draft. Let's just say by the draft in January. That way they can start preseason in the middle of February. Like that is not a lot of time. That is not a lot of time to get things rolling. I mean, Utah, they're in the same position as well. Um, a little bit different. They announced their coach. Uh, that they'll have Amy Rodriguez joining the Utah Royals as their head coach, former Utah Royals player in the NWSL, former U.S. Women's National Team forward. Um, but it's a lot of work. So I thought it was hard starting a podcast. Imagine starting a, a whole NWSL team, Sandra. <laughs> uh, no, I will not imagine that. <laughs> I will not. I will not. No, and- uh, let's. Let's have fun with this, Lisa, before we yeah. transition. To, we, we, we pivot out of this uh, this segment. We do our picks and we make our predictions all the time about the games that we're chatting about on here. But if Boston is, in fact, one of these markets. I know what you're going to ask me. 
where would you like to see an NWSL team next? So you phrased it as where would I like to see a team, yes. not where I think a team will be. Where Philadelphia. Like Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah. get one in Philly. It's coming back. Um, the Philadelphia independence was way too long ago. We've missed it. There's rumors about WNBA team coming to Philly too. Yeah. Could you imagine if we get WNBA NWSL? I will be the biggest season ticket holder you will ever imagine. I, I would, I would love that. I look I more, more, more WNWSL crossover for me. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, I, it's not Philly. <laughs> gotta, gotta root, gotta root for your friends. If it's not, if it's not Philly, um, I would love. I'll just say like a central team in yeah. some capacity. Um, you know, maybe not if it's not like. If it's not Midwest specific, that's fine. Um, maybe maybe South and Central. Look, Atlanta is doing a lot of amazing things with Atlanta United. Yeah, I could so see I think, that. I having I think having a, a team in that market could could be cool. Um, what or what another... about Minnesota? It wasn't Minnesota yeah. Aurora a part of the conversation before. I don't know. I, I think maybe I think they were curious about you know putting in a bid and and seeing yeah. where it would go from there. And I think. Um, I think with a lot of the requirements in place uh, to have ownership um, structure look a certain way, you've got to have somebody with a specific amount of money and percentage and essentially to be the face of, uh, of that franchise. And I think for very local independent teams like that, grassroots coming up from in, in USL, uh, maybe that is a challenge for them at this time. But that's not to say in the next decade they'd have time to build up towards something like that. So I don't know if it will come as soon as 2026, um, but maybe in the, in the future. So peace mode, shouting out Philly. Okay. Folks saying that they want to have Philly. Okay. I, I love all the support you're getting. Maybe a Lisa? little bit of bias. Uh, Lucy as well saying she okay. should go to Philly, but look at um, all these folks joining us on I mean, YouTube. I wish it was Philly. like a fan vote. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I don't know, I'd be a little <laughs> nervous about that actually. <laughs> Yeah, fans get to choose the next expansion city. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about about all that. No, let's uh look. You want you would want not just one but two sort of eastern teams. I'm like, let's get something central. I agree. I agree with you on the the central. For, no, no, no. You said where would I like it? Philly, obviously. That's where I'm from. That's where I want to see. I don't think it's going to happen. People, I'm going to be really honest. Is it just Philly though? Is that the is that your all of your like energy is just focused on that? I mean, that would be great. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Like, realistically, I could see something coming in the Midwest, um, Colorado, right? There's options there. I think Atlanta is a really good shout um, for sure, just looking at, like, the landscape yeah. of, of the soccer world. Um, I just – I don't think it's coming to Philly yet. Yeah, no, I would I would look. some Somewhere central, that would be cool. Um, if Atlanta, I think, is up there for me. I'd really love to see mm -hmm. um, any interest from them and – pivot all of that momentum and all that culture and put that all into a team in a women's team in Atlanta. Um, I don't know. I think uh, St. Louis was, was fun to see yeah. you know, and, and make a road trip out there and see the energy out of that new stadium. Um, but any of those newer teams too, I think it was on my, uh, those newer MLS teams could, could be um, fun ideas, you know, a St. Louis or a Cincinnati or hey, even a Nashville. I think that could be cool too, considering there's a team in, in, in Louisville. That they, would could be have, awesome. they could have some fun in there too. So like I said, it doesn't have to be Midwest specific. It could just sort of be like central area of the <laughs> middle of the country and see what happens there. But uh, it's always fun chatting all things, expansion, rumors, 
otherwise. So we'll see. More teams coming in 2026 and more attacking third right after a quick break. All right, we're back and we're chatting more things. More soccer things after this break, but we want to pivot to Women's Super League in this one because if you're hyped for Challenge Cup later tonight on Wednesday, May 10th, you should also be equally hyped for Women's Super League matches that you can also catch on Paramount+. Plus. we got Brighton and Arsenal going head-to-head on Paramount+. Plus. You can catch that today at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. There's also Chelsea and Leicester City that kick off at 2 p.m. Eastern. It's getting down to the nitty-gritty in Women's Super League. Not a lot of games left to flip that table. If you're one of the teams within the top four, perhaps, uh, not a lot of time to maybe kind of uh, chase points down uh, in terms of clinching season's best. Let's take a look at the standings in case folks aren't aware of how things look for the top four. We've got Manchester United in first place with 50 points. It's a nice cushion because Chelsea is right behind them at number two with 46 points. And we've got Man City in third with 44 points and Arsenal in fourth place with 41 points. The rest is shaking out with um, Aston Villa at number five, Everton at six, Liverpool at seven, West Ham at eight, uh, Brighton and Hoban Albion at nine, 10 with Tottenham, Leicester City at 11, and Reading at 12 to kind of mm-hmm. close things out here. But uh, in terms of what's remaining in front of these teams, like I, I mentioned, we got a couple games today, Lisa, and maybe we'll make, make some picks and have some fun with it. Um, but uh, we've got a couple games today. There's going to be a midweek match on the 17th. Uh, then there's fixtures on, on the weekend of the 20th to the 21st. And then they're closing things out on May 27th. So not not a lot of not a lot of matches le- left. Yeah, I mean, not a lot at all. I think it's it's been really fun to watch this league this year. Like, holy cow. I mean, Rachel Daly uh, being at Villa is just tremendous. She's coming off a hat trick last week. Um, but I think the way that everything has shaken out in the standings-wise, like United, Chelsea, City, Arsenal, the top four, and then then Villa at that five, um, it's, it's very close at the top. And the way... As, as you talked about games today, Arsenal and Chelsea both playing today, um, how how it's going to happen, right? So Chelsea, they they need a couple wins because 46 to 50, they're, they're a few points off that first place. Um, but Man City, right? Like, and Arsenal, like if Arsenal gets the win today, um, then they could potentially jump up to that third place and take over uh, for Man City. And just Arsenal has been through so much this year, right? Like off the pitch with their injuries in Champions League, everything that's happened. Um, now they kind of put all their eggs in this Super League stand, Super League season that's coming to a close. There's only like three or four more match days left in the Super League before it comes to a close. It's It's been really fun to watch, honestly. Games today should be good as well. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're of course, eyes are all uh, fixated, you know, on on the table and how things are coming down to to the wire. But with with a handful le- or less of of matches remaining, that that means you could still maybe keep an eye on on some individual races going on in the league. I mean, the the Golden Boot essentially has gone 
back and forth at this point. I think between yeah. uh, Khadijah Bunny Shaw and Rachel Daly. Rachel Daly currently with 20 goals. Uh, Bunny Shaw with 18. There's room for more. And there's room for more. <laughs> Rachel Daly, 20 goals in 20 games played. That's like insane yep. to me. She is coming off a, a hat trick, right, in, in Villa's last game. But, yeah, the, the fact that she's got 20, Bunny Shaw's got 18. It's right at the top of the standings. And then from there, it's it drops all the way down to 10 goals for Russo, um, England, Galton, and Kerr. Um, but crazy that those two have really just like battled it out at the top. And needless to say, Rachel Daly is trying to play forward for England this summer. <laughs> I, look, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a coaching, uh, that's a coach's problem, right? Not, not ours in terms of players who have been um, bitten by injury and now having to to look at things moving forward. But I, look, I think the, the golden boot is probably going to be one of the other exciting things to watch besides the, the, the finish of, of the table in the women's super league. I think what well, realistically it's down to, to Sean Daly. I think even though there's a, a, what a four way tie for third, it's a pretty, pretty heavy um, score uh, goal scoring difference between uh, number one and number two and the four players who are tied for, for, for third. So we'll see there in terms of, of today, you know, I don't know. We'll have some fun with it. I think, I think Chelsea might get the win over Leicester. That's what I'm going to yeah. go with the blues. And then uh, I think I'll, I'll go with an upset. I think I'll go with Brighton over Arsenal. We'll see. Ooh, Brighton over Arsenal. I don't know about that. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stick with Arsenal. They'll get the win. Um, and then Chelsea. I think got to gotta go with my gut on this one. Arsenal with the win over Brighton, and then Chelsea gets the win over Leicester City. I like it. I love it. And that's all we've got today for Attacking Third. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us and listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube so that you get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back with a recap. So make sure you tune in this weekend. For Sandra to end Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.